1967, Roland Barthes wrote La Mort de l'Auteur, The Death of the Author, an essay proclaiming that the opinions of an author on what his text may mean are irrelevant to the interpretation of said text. In 2020, Julian and Magnus Dora decided that the author's abilities are just as irrelevant. This is Kill the Author. Hello and welcome back to Kill the Author. I'm Julian. I'm Magnus. And uh, it's been a while since we recorded the last episode. Yes. A like, lot of, in real time. A lot of nothing has been going on. Yeah, a lot of nothing. Um, it's not the it's not the most... I, I, I think right now is where this time of, like, isolation, in a way, starts to get to me when it's starting to ease up. This is the part where it gets hard. Like, okay, if you're in America, it's different for you. Uh... But here in Germany, like quarantine stuff's going down and slowly uh, phasing out in a lot of society. And I don't know, this kind of makes it dif- more difficult for me. I don't know if that's if that's the same for everyone else. So we're back. Yes. It's for time for episode six. Yeah. It's time for the half of the show that I don't remember too much about. Yeah, I remember specific plot points, but I don't remember a lot of the in-between. And I think this episode is a pretty good example of why. And we'll get to that. Something I wanted to go for as well here, because I said I'd do that last episode, is if someone decided to skip the last episode, just to give a very quick recap of what happened. So let's recap real quick. What what happened very, very quickly? If I remember right, boops. Yes. Yes, uh, but that was more two episodes ago, like, from our point of view. The water park thing ended, they left the water park, and basically what it led to is, in the middle of the night, Makoto ran over to Sekai after he'd shot off Kotonoha for the night and said he didn't want to go home with her or whatever, and... Then they had sex of dubious consent on Sekai's part. Yes. To sum it all up real quick, because that's kind of where we're getting back into the plot. Yeah, so we are back at Radish Bar. You remember Radish Bar? Yes. The place Sekai works at? Radish Bar still exists. Yes. And we saw it immediately with School Day's famous disgusting kisses. Yes. Immediately first shot. Okay, second shot. First shot is Radish Bar. Second shot is Kisses. We see why we're at the Radish Bar now. So that Sekai can wear her extremely revealing outfit again. Yeah, exactly. And nothing else happens here that's in any way related to the Radish Bar. So it's literally just because of that. So uh, Sekai disengages the kiss. Mm-hmm. That's a weird way to phrase that, but that's the phrasing <laughs> I used. That's kind of what it, what happens, yeah. And she tells him that he can't kiss her there. Mm-hmm. Like in this place. And then uh, he says, should we wait until the shift is over? Then we can meet at, uh, at home. Mm-hmm. And it kind of feels like, did he show up during her shift so he can make out with her? Yeah. Because she's, Probably. Or she's like still around the, the of, end of her shift. She's still at work, apparently. Yeah. And he's immediately like, not just... She says, we can't make out here. And he uses that as a jumping board to, like, pressure her into going to her place and, you know, do you know what there? Uh, to his place, I'm pretty sure. I think it was her place, but... Oh, no, 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 here it's his place. It's her place later on. Okay, yeah, you're right. In this whole situation, I don't know if that was just the vibe I was getting, but she seemed, like, sort of traumatized. Like, she was... She wasn't really looking at him that much, and she had this sort of apathetic look on her face... Uh, but she's she's doing this for the entire episode. Yeah. This is, I think, generally a major plot, uh, the major plot of this episode, mm. which is that Sekai is, even though she's now in a relationship with Makoto, which re-established is what she wanted, yeah. uh, she's not happy. Yeah. And I think we'll get into the reasons as to why that could be. Yeah. And it kind of seems like... He, t- he tells her that they can't kiss there. Mm-hmm. But I think she might have more reasons than someone could see them there or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe she just feels uncomfortable kissing him 
for one reason or another. Yeah, and we'll get to one of these reasons real quick. Mm-hmm. I think so. Basically, not that much more happens, uh, except for one pretty revealing thing, which is Sekai asks him if this is still practicing. Yeah, she still thinks, or rather, she still I, pretty she sure. still pretends yeah, that this I'm, is practice. I'm pretty sure. Like, I'm pretty sure she's just saying that because of something that happens a bit later. I'm pretty sure she just says that for him. Like, in a way of, you should still see this as practicing so I don't feel so bad about the Kotonoha situation. But for herself, she's pretty much aware that it's not practicing anymore at this point. And he agrees. He says, yeah, sure. We're still practicing. Yeah, in a way that seems like he doesn't mean it at all. Yeah, and he responds with, well, I guess, like, I have to then. Mm. I guess I have to then. And I think this is sort of also an excuse for herself. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, this is still practice, right? This isn't serious. Mm. Could then, very well be. Then he, like, grabs her face and kisses her square on the mouth yeah. with both of <sighs> his hands. Kiss. It looks terrible. More kiss. I think, is it at this point that Kotonoha calls him? I think it's at that point, at the end of that scene. Like, he gets a call from Kotonoha, which uh, he doesn't respond to. And I think that's when the intro... No, the episode starts. Uh, we get first a small scene at Kotonoha's place. Mm, okay. Yeah. Well, so she's sitting there on her couch. We get li- we get a little bit of a wide shot where she has those kind of empty nightmare anime eyes. Yeah. Where there's no eyes at all, just hair bangs with nothing underneath. I thought this was sort of foreshadowing. Yeah. But I might just be seeing things. She's also listening to classical music. Mm-hmm. I thought that might be, like, part of her character. Might also just be another reference to her being like a traditional yeah, that's, sort of character. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like she's she's not doing anything too exciting or too yeah. crazy. She's just listening to classical music and she's trying to call him. Yeah. Uh, but she can't reach his phone because we, as we see then, he's not picking it up deliberately. Yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. Because I have... he doesn't want her to know. Yeah, these two moments as the same scene... I didn't really count that one like shot of Kotonoha in my notes. Yeah, and then and then basically the intro. Then we happens. move on to the intro. We all know the intro. The intro. Okay, this might just be me, but the intro to this episode in particular sort of hit me again with this question of how much the showrunners are aware of the darkness of the show, because especially in this episode, it feels like deliberate to a degree that. What Makoto is doing is kind of, like, sociopathic. Yeah. And the opening is still just Kotonoha and Sekai smiling and, like, super fun, positive, with energetic music. And it just feels so wrong. It just feels so weird. It, again, like, makes me question if the showrunners were aware of their framing of anything in this show. The big question of school days. Yeah. It's one of the big questions, um, and I also, in this episode, we'll get to that pretty quickly. I'll, I won't talk about mm. that right now, but yeah. So we move on to a scene in Kotonoha's house. Uh, she's watching the news there, or we can hear the news playing in the background, and this is totally, definitely relevant that it will be cloudy later that day. I also noted that down. With a 30% chance of I also rain. noted that down in case, like, later, if, if it rains later in the episode, we'll know that we're mm. set up. Then we can have some very important information about how accurate... <laughs> the, the, water, weather the weather services. So we can see that Kotonoha is putting a thermos flask in her bag. Mm-hmm. One that contains, as we find out pretty soon, hot lemonade. And I heard you did some research on hot lemonade in particular. Don't play it up too much. <laughs> it was very short research. Okay, like... Let me guess, it's lemonade but hot. Yes? It's a bit more complicated than that. For us specifically... And not for Americans. Because okay. what we in Germany call lemonade is different from what Americans call lemonade. Is it? What we they... call lemonade is what they call soda or pop. Okay. Not lemonade. Yeah. Yeah. What they call lemonade is like what kids sell at a lemonade stand, which is like usually water mixed with like lemon or like lime juice, lemon juice and a bit of sugar usually. Yeah. And that's essentially what hot lemonade is. It's something you can get in Japan at like vending machines, especially around the winter, winter time. And it's just that American sort of lemonade, but hot usually. Like you can spice it up a bit, mm-hmm. 
but usually it's like water, lemon juice, and maybe brown sugar. Uh, yeah, maybe that's what I was expecting. Sugar. Yeah. Like chai, kind of. Like chai. It's kind of like um, in... Uh, you Sometimes you can get here, like, at a vending machine, super cheap, like, lemon tea. I imagine it's probably something like that. That also mostly tastes like sugar and lemon a bit. Uh, yeah, but I assume it's something a little bit more sophisticated because this is, like, hyped up as, like, a family recipe. Yeah. And specifically, Kokoro shows up. Mm -hmm. Her sister, she's still around. And she says, uh, why can't she have hot lemonade? Mm -hmm. And then Kotonoha responds by saying her, I could just show you how to make it yourself. Yeah. But Kokoro is not happy with this at all. And um, she says that her friend Uzuki-chan uh, also wants to teach her stuff all the time. And that's why she doesn't like it when girls have boyfriends. Because apparently that means that they... Ask people to teach them stuff. Yeah. So first of all, uh, who the <laughs> fuck is Azuki-chan? Well, it's the second female character in the show who isn't attracted to Makato. Yeah, because she, she's just mentioned. Because <laughs> she's probably not on screen. So, as you know, the wiki of School Days is extremely particular about the characters there are. Mm -hmm. And there is, in fact, a Uzuki-chan. Okay. Who is listed as a friend of Kokoro. Uh -huh. And I think she actually is in the show later during the fair. At least that's what it seems ah, like. Ah, okay. So I guess we'll get to see Uzuki-chan. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's keep a fucking eye out for Uzuki-chan if we still remember <laughs> her back then. So the way I understand what she's saying here, how apparently girls who have boyfriends uh, will always try to teach people stuff, is that she thinks girls in a relationship are conceited. Like, they're full of themselves, in a way. Oh, okay. I saw it differently. Okay. I saw it... Okay, like, continue your point, if you want to say something about um, that. Maybe she thinks that, like, Kotonoha is acting more, I don't know, overconfident than she normally mm. does. That's I mean, how, she seems happier. Yeah. She, right. she also says her tells her specifically that she has changed. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is what she means. Mm-hmm. So that's maybe she she's, like, more, I don't know... Daring than he norm she normally would be. I saw the teaching part differently. I saw it more as like basically Kotonoha in the show in her relationship to Kokoro is not the big sister. She is basically the mom. Like she basically is the parental figure to Koko uh, Kokoro, at least the only one we see. She does. They do have a mom. We, yeah, they do have that. a mom. We heard her off screen once. Yes. But what I uh, see this as is. Her having a boyfriend in this traditional household means that she acts more like her mother. Like, she's kind of raising Kokoro. Instead of, like, making the stuff for her, she teaches her how to do it herself in the way, like, a mother would. Yeah, maybe. That's basically how I saw it. It's like another extension of the gender roles of this show. Yeah, sure. But also, her friend Uzuki is 10 years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, you know, as soon as a girl gets a boyfriend, she's basically ready to pop out babies. That's essentially what no. we're learning here. No, shut up. <laughs> That's essentially what the show is saying. Hey, I'm not saying this. I'm not saying this. It's basically the show that's saying this. All right? All right. So the next scene. <laughs> we're now at Makoto's place. Uh-huh. So Sekai, we can see Sekai pulling up like the drapers. Mm -hmm. And I assume they've just gone through a night of the sex. Mm -hmm. That's what mm -hmm. my assumption mm -hmm. is. Because it seems that, that Sekai spent the night at Makoto's place. Yes. And she's pulling up the drapes and she looks basically really tired. Yeah. And exhausted. As I would be of. after spending a night with Makoto. <laughs> <laughs> or any time with Makoto. She also wears like a super thin fabric white gown. Mm -hmm. And I was that, thinking... That uh, definitely like, contorts to her body in an unusual way. Yeah. I was wondering, did she bring this with her, or did, does he have this at his place? I thought it was just, like, a t-shirt of Makoto's or something oh, like yeah, that. Maybe. We only see her from the back, and it seems oversized for her. Oh, I don't know. Belongs, does it belong to Makoto's mom? Does Makoto have a mother? <laughs> Who knows? We know that he does not live with his father. That is established in this episode. I just see him, like, in like Danny in the, the Room video game. <laughs> yeah, he like, just lives in a closet somewhere. <laughs> he just lives in the building with no supervision. <laughs> obsessing in his creepy one gray room 
He's like 16. I can't... Does he just he live probably by has. He probably has parents. I, I'm pretty sure that it's never addressed if he it has parents. It is addressed in this show that he has a father and that he does not live with his father. Okay. That was so, addressed. Did his father just, like, give him an apartment? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe his mom is somewhere and she's just off screen all the time. Maybe, oh, where was that from? I remember. But maybe it's like his parents decided to get a divorce and they both left a letter saying I'm moving out in the same night and moved out and he was just left and there were two letters and he didn't know what to do. And now he lives alone and became a psychopath. <laughs> just be it. That explains everything. <laughs> <laughs> and the evidence for it will show up in time. I'm sure. So we can see Makoto looking happy mm-hmm. and doing the dishes, it seems. He's doing I the thought dishes. he was making food. I thought he was, mm. like, making... Uh, I, I thought the sounds we got were, like, something in a pan. Like, mm. I thought he was just washing the dishes. Might also be. I mean, either way, he's doing something strangely positive. For yeah, he seems he seems happy for, yeah. for now, for once. He doesn't make the woman who's in his apartment do the dishes and make the food. <laughs> for nice. once. See, that's... He's a good guy, right? Perfect. <laughs> so we once again get to see Sikai looking unhappy. Mm-hmm. And then we get an establishing shot of Makoto's building. And we move on to outside. Uh, where once again he kisses her. In public. In public. And she does. she's absolutely not happy and she pushes him away. Yeah. Like... This is such an uncomfortable scene. Yeah. And this isn't the only one. Yeah, it gets worse. Yeah. But uh, this one in particular is just bad. What I have notes on here is how it ends. Yeah, I have more too. Okay, okay. So Sakai says, we can't kiss you. What if someone sees us? Mm-hmm. And I don't think this is her... Again, I don't think this is her only motif for yeah. this. Because first of all, she points out there's no one around... And she also then mentioned something about them being late. I think she just doesn't want to kiss him. Mm. Once again. Something we talked about before, and I want to note this down here too. And I want to establish this term in our critical analysis terminology, Mm -hmm. which I have invented right now, which is, this is a breast cancer scene. In reference... I I know what you mean. I'm just for the audience again. In reference to a scene from The Room... Uh, which is one of the greatest movies of all time and everybody should see it. It's yes. amazing. I bought it on DVD. Yes, and I, I, if I ever move out, I'll buy it on DVD too. You'll the, steal it. I'll probably steal it. The important, <laughs> <laughs> the important part is there is this one scene with the mother of one of the main characters showing up. Uh, she's, she tells her mother she's in a bad relationship and she wants to leave her husband-to-be and the mother tells her, no, you shouldn't. You should stay right that, here. That one scene. He provides for you. And that scene <laughs> happens like three or four times throughout the movie. Yes. With very slight changes. And in one of the scenes, on one of the versions, the mother mentions that she has breast cancer and it goes extremely, uh, completely unexamined. This is kind of like, there's another one of those where she goes like, um, he hits me and he got drunk last night. Yeah. And then she's like, what? Johnny doesn't drink. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah, brushing yeah, yeah. away that she got hit. Apparently. And we had this here with the aren't you in a relationship with Makoto conversations towards Sekai, which bordered on breast cancer conversation because we had that come up all over the place. Every character was confused as Sekai with, was with Makoto. And what we have here is the establishment of another breast cancer scene. In this case, Sekai doesn't want to make out with Makoto in public. Makoto makes out with her anyways. He tells her it's okay, and she makes out with him in return. We have this scene like three or four times in this half of this episode. Also, I want to mention specifically, in this scene, uh, it looks like he's about to grope her ass. Yeah, that's at the end like of it. A, yeah. Like an absolute disgusting claw hand. Yeah. But in this moment, uh, she mentions that... She mentions Kotonoha specifically. Yeah. And he, like, that stops, they should tell Kotonoha soon. Yeah, and he like stops dead in that moment. Yeah, he Kotonoha. freezes. And, and that's it, where the scene ends, basically. It yeah. zooms out from them. So maybe hearing Kotonoha's name is a downturn tip for him? Yeah, yeah I, wrote out, I wrote here, it's a turn-off. Mm. Yeah. There's one more important thing uh, to notice in this scene at okay. the very end, okay. which is that the bus shows up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know from later that this very same day, they're going to school, and they're both starting out at Makoto's house, but yeah. he takes the train, and she takes the bus. Uh-huh. Because later, ah, on the train okay. ride, Makoto's going to meet up with Kotonoha, 
in Sekai doesn't, and of course Makoto ah, wouldn't yeah, want yeah, to be yeah. seen with Sekai by Kotonoha. So she takes a different route. This is also relevant because that means that at this point, like even though what Sekai said the previous day is we're still, I don't know, this is still just training, right? At this point, they're both like deliberately obfuscating that they're together. And that they slept together in that night. Like, right. she takes another route of transport where he takes the train through Haramihama. Yep. Haramihama. This is what we see in the next scene. Yeah. In, at Haramihama, Haramihama Station. Yeah. Kotonoha is there, and Makoto is there alone. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Sekai took a different route. And then we can see Kotonoha really... As this as scene the, broke my heart. I don't know why it hit me so hard. I, I, I see what you mean. Because... As soon as the train that Makoto is in stops there, uh, Kotonoha really runs in, mm. super excited, um, and he just looks upset. Like Yeah, he of, just looks out of the window board, kind of. Yeah. Uh, there's also, for some reason, there's what sounds like a payphone noise right before the next scene <laughs> starts. I just wanted to mention this. It's like a total cliche payphone noise that plays... In a someone just public called, train. Someone called the train, you know? It happens. <laughs> Hello? Is this the train? <laughs> <laughs> Hello? Is this a train? <laughs> I would like to talk to train. <laughs> Please tell me. Do you have wheels? I just saw a train on TV and I'm fucking losing my mind. What's this thing? <laughs> Holy shit. I just dialed train on my phone. Is this a train? <laughs> Okay. Okay. okay, so <laughs> we move on to a scene in the train featuring Makoto and Kotonoha being very uncomfortable together. Yeah. In fact, we have Kotonoha trying to... Yeah, it doesn't start off with her being uncomfortable. Yeah, Kotonoha is trying to tell Makoto the story of her lemonade. Yeah. The story of how her, mom, her mom's special hot lemonade that mm -hmm. she made. Which will come up later, so yes. note that down. And he kind of just makes a noise to acknowledge that he's hearing her. Yeah, like he smiles and makes yeah. a hmm, hmm, but then and then he, looks back out the window And he again. looks out of the window bored. Yeah. And then she tries again to start this conversation mm. and then just kind of gives up. So I feel like this something that's really apparent in this episode is you can kind of feel that Kotonoha notices that he's just not interested. Mm -hmm. Like something's going wrong. That wasn't going wrong before, I think. Mm -hmm. She's uh, she's trying to... She's trying to get through to him during this half of the episode, kind of. Yeah, like, especially at this point. She just... Mm -hmm. You know, they were at the, the... The swimming pool thing was probably, like, two days ago, I assume. Probably. Because the radish thing was the last day. So, at the very least, it was two days ago. And she just assumes that he was happy there and that he's happy now like she doesn't know that there's anything wrong at this point and he just like rudely doesn't engage like he does the absolute bare minimum but doesn't really engage and this is something that will come up throughout this episode again that i want to note down because one of the concepts i had before about this show about what it was trying to do is something that comes back here in full force in this episode and that's that this show is like deliberately trying to criticize visual novels, like romantic visual novels, and the actions of the players as the protagonists of visual novels. Because, of course, it's a visual novel adaptation. But Makoto acts, like, in the worst way you can as a visual novel character. And what I feel, starting in this scene, and we will go out and continue throughout the rest of this half episode that we're looking at today, is... Makoto trying to, despite having decided on one of the characters he can date in this game now, mm -hmm. he still tries to keep everyone else active. Like, he still, he clearly doesn't care about Kotonoha, but he still does the bare minimum of smiling at her and responding to her in this conversation. He still tries to, like, if you look at it as, like, the three dialogue options he has in every scene of this, uh, this episode, he still does the ones where... Kotonoha will continue to hang out with him, even though he clearly lost all interest in her. This is something that starts here, and we'll get back to it later, uh, at later scenes. So, this is interesting that you mentioned this, because I recently read something about uh, GTA V. Mm -hmm. You've been playing the game recently for yeah, the first yeah. time, I heard. Yeah, for a bit. Think, yeah. Um, I, re I recently read that the inspiration for the character of Trevor Phillips was the player 
Okay. Or, like the way the player plays most GTA games. Oh, okay. So basically completely chaotic, running into walls and killing people left and right. And they kind of turned this into a character. That oh, was, I can see that. That was the idea behind him. He's just an absolute lunatic. <laughs> I can see that happen. Yeah, that's like the stereotype of what you do in a GTA yeah. game. Like, you don't play the quest. You just run into people and have, have the police follow you and do shit. I feel like this is then this is kind of a similar idea. Yeah. It's true. That Makoto is just how most people play visual novel games. Yeah, in a way. Like, when you play a visual novel... Like, that. that is, to me, the best explanation for why Makoto is as psychopathic as he is because he like okay the term sociopath is a bit overplayed these days but like he clearly doesn't seem to feel like any empathy for anyone around him in this and i think the best explanation for that from like a meta perspective is that he's a visual novel character and meant to be one because there it's just the player self-inserting essentially and the player doesn't care about the characters in this game like superficially you do but you can restart your playthrough Mm. Who cares? That's an interesting idea. So now Kotonoha is looking at a poster mm-hmm. for like manufactured Christmas presents and it deliberately yeah. it says on it you can still make it. And that yeah, I'm very, not, very I'm not the only imagery. one. I'm also <laughs> Okay, I don't know if you noticed the same thing about that that I did, but it's fucking summer. <laughs> is it? Yeah, is it the though? show starts in like I think September. So you can still make it? I mean, admittedly, um, I mean, we know from every store around that they start selling Christmas stuff in September or October. Yeah, okay. Which, but is, which is not bad. I love it. I want to buy Christmas Christmas or, candy or maybe every, it all the time every September. year. I think we'll get back to this when we get back to that school festival, because I think I remember it being a summer festival. It might not be, but I think I remember it being a summer festival. And if that's a summer festival, then why the fuck are there Christmas? You can still make it ads on the train. I didn't even think of that. (laughs) Anyway, uh, very subtle imagery. You can still make it. Yeah. And then we move on in a absolutely um, 4D chess genius cut to the train that Sakai is on. Where a, ca- a random couple has a magazine with the exact same slogan on it. Uh-huh. Big brain. Isn't, 5, she, isn't she on the bus? Oh, yeah, right. That might also be it. Yeah, it I, might I, be. I, I but I really think it looked like a train, if I remember right. Maybe she took a bus and then a train and then yeah, a bus. Possible. Who knows? Or a train, bus, whatever. <laughs> whatever trains and buses are. What <laughs> is a train? <laughs> what is a train? A miserable, <laughs> pile, miserable of little secrets. pile of secrets. So there's a random couple reading a magazine... And uh, the woman reads about some kind of hotel that she tells her friend about, mm. uh, with some kind of expensive, with some kind of expensive hotel that has rooms for forty thousand yen a night. Uh, for perspective, forty thousand yen. That's at least now. That's three hundred and twenty-three euros or three hundred and thirty-seven dollars. So like a cheap hotel at Disneyland, basically. <laughs> for a room a night. Yeah. That is a cheap a- hotel at Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It seems quite expensive to me. I don't know. I mean, it does seem quite expensive. <laughs> yeah. As is a cheap room at Disneyland. Mm. And uh, then he responds with, what? No, that's way too expensive. We couldn't, we couldn't do this. And then she like emphasizes she was just kidding. But... She was just kidding. She was just kidding. <laughs> then we have Sakai in the background looking really upset. She probably overheard the conversation mm-hmm. of essentially... Him not being willing willing to pay the price that she expects oh. is my interpretation of Oh, that. I didn't interpret anything into this. That's <laughs> that's quality. That's good stuff. I mean, I, I thought that. this must have some some like maybe she's just said that she doesn't have forty thousand yen. <laughs> <laughs> maybe the hotel shows up later on in the show. I don't know. Maybe I didn't pay attention. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. But good point. Good point. Good point made. <laughs> Wait, what? We move on to the skull as McToto. I wrote McToto. <laughs> okay, okay. Isn't that the guy who made Africa? <laughs> <laughs> That's the guy who made Africa in a McDonald's parking lot. McToto. McToto. It's <laughs> some burger. Let's introduce that Burger King next. That's Ronald McDonald's new mascot replacement. <laughs> because he's dog. going to prison for pedophilia. Okay, continue on. <laughs> so, uh, Makoto greets Sakai there. And Setsna's also there. Looking mysterious as always. Mm-hmm. And very stern. And... We can once again see Sakai being really unhappy in general. Mm-hmm. But as soon as Mikoto shows up and says good morning, 
she she very quickly overplays it. Yeah, and like she she tries to play it up as oh interesting that you're here. Yeah, then she's I like, I haven't seen you oh, in a while. Yeah, she's <laughs> like, oh, you look you look tired. Uh, what what happened? Like she's pretending that she 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 just met him for the first time that day. And he just trips over his dick yeah. like a fucking idiot. Yeah, I wrote uh, he's very stupid though and says he made breakfast for two. <laughs> yeah, he's completely unsubtle. Uh, Setsuna's human hormone sensors activate and she immediately reads the situation yeah uh setsuna tells him that he's an idiot and he's like what what did i do wrong uh, sekai tells him yeah yeah, yeah. M- maybe makoto thought that she was joking ah uh, i think he's just, a fu- I, think he's ju- he's just I think he just like again to get back to this visual novel theme i think he just picked the wrong dialogue choice yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um as soon as he leaves Setsna immediately f- figures everything out. She's mm. figured... Er- I mean, it wasn't that hard. Yeah. <laughs> so she figured everything out. And I like that she's not like... He's with Kotonoha, right? She doesn't ask the question everyone keeps asking. She's yeah, like, yeah. you are with Makoto. Right? Did he at least break up? Yeah, like, did he break up with yeah. Kotonoha? She's not messing around. She's, she spits straight facts. Yeah. Truth. <laughs> she Truth be, comes she from a little girl's mouth. Facts. Uh, and Sekai uh, says that, yes, they did break up, which she absolutely knows not to be yeah, true. Yeah, that's, that's an absolute lie. That's a total lie. Mm. But it's not just a lie, uh, as we see. Like, of course, this also contradicts what she said earlier, that this is just practicing. Like, she clearly knows this is not just practicing. She doesn't deny that they're together to Setsna at all. But yeah. Okay. So now we move on to Kotonoha's class. Yeah. And there we have um, a girl... They're uh, reading something. Mm-hmm. And first of all, I, I thought I know her, so I googled who this is, and she's one of the squad. She's one oh, of the okay, squad. Okay, okay. Actually, I Google I looked them up on the wiki, and the actual correct name is The Trio. Okay. The trio. Okay. So we weren't that far off. Okay, the but squad is close enough. Yeah. Then the name are uh, Minami. That's the one with um, brown ha- That's the one who has uh, brown hair with weird spikes on both sides. If you think I'll remember that, you're mad. I will continue. Okay. <laughs> Then there's Kumi. She's the one who's currently reading the thing. She has light brown hair with the headband. I'll just get myself something to drink real quick. Okay, okay, continue and, on. Uh, and Natsumi, who has chestnut hair with, like, bangs in front of her uh, Some forehead. good fresh water. Yeah. Mm. So the one currently reading is... Uh, the one currently holding a lecture is Kumi. The one who has light brown hair with headbangs, green eyes... Has her birthday on July 14th. Blood type AB is a, has a height of 150 Oh, that's centimeters. some good sparkling water. Mm-hmm. And has a bust weight hip ratio of 77.58. Is that on the fucking wiki? That is on the wiki. <laughs> yeah, her, her BWH ratio is 77.58 and 80 in centimeters, I assume. Because LGBT is <laughs> very, very big. <laughs> I don't know why this is there. Uh, you know, you gotta be sure who to date yeah. in this game, I yeah. guess. So after I wrote this stuff down, um, <laughs> I concluded that I have no idea what she's talking about. Okay. And I don't care. Okay. <laughs> to be honest. Okay. She says something about someone called Keikichi, mm-hmm. which, uh, for my research, is a Japanese name. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I assume this is like that story that I put way too much research in last time that was also spoken by one yeah. of the students. I didn't want to bother. This was... I mean, not, not only this, the quotes that I read are freely translated by someone. There's mm-hmm. no way on earth I'm going to find out where this is from. It's also, I think, I think we can make a... This is... I think we can make a decisive decision here that what the students are talking about is probably bullshit and doesn't matter. And what the teachers are talking about is the actual goal. Yes, exactly. Okay. So... To get back to the fucking plot. Yeah. Kotonoha is sitting in the back on her bench... And she's looking at a list on her phone in class. What mm-hmm. the hell, Kotonoha? You're not a student yet. You'll you'll know. Hey, you'll I, learn. I used to be. <laughs> I, I I went to school, and I did look at my phone all the time. Constantly. Oh, at university, I had it on my desk constantly, looking at it. Like nobody gives a fuck. I assume <laughs> it's similar here. Okay. So Kotonoha is looking at what I'm gonna call a knitting list on her phone. Mm-hmm. As in, it is a list that shows pictures of um. A sweater, a scarf, a sock, and a hat with, like, a ball of yarn attached to it. Which is, like, step two of the Chekhov's gun of this episode, which is Kotonoha is making a gift. Step one was Santa. Step two is this. And we'll get to step three later on. Oh, she... Does, you mean she wants to knit something for yeah, her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, because of the gift thing. I yeah, didn't yeah, even yeah, consider yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> I didn't. I had no idea. Yeah, that's my assumption. That she's making him a like it's a crafted Christmas gifts. It's self-made Christmas gifts is the ad. I mean, so she wants is, to make him something herself. Yeah. This is kind of very obvious, and I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you know. Yeah. So she's looking at a list for knitting stuff, and she seems to be happy. Yeah. And a reminder, uh, she knits stuff. I think this was brought up in the first episode. Yeah, she, she does was... feminine things, and one of them is knitting. <laughs> okay, true. So we move on to Makoto's class. Yeah. Where once again we have a, a classic, which is a shot from Kotono Hard looking happy to a shot of Makoto looking bored. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Sekai writes him that... Like again with their on her on her blog. Yeah, with the what not, <laughs> not a blog on her in her in her book she writes in her book, uh, on her college blog whatever <laughs> whatever it college is. blog I don't know if what it's blog. called in English collage blog. <laughs> <laughs> she tells him um, that he needs to tell Kotonoha notebook Co- notebook notebook that he needs to tell Kotonoha and he's super shocked to Kotonoha yeah and then he answers to her why. Yeah, like, he he's super surprised. Why would I talk to her? And she just writes him, if we keep doing this, and then mm. either the rest cuts off or there isn't anything else. Yeah. I don't think it's really necessary. It's like, yeah, it's very not, obvious. This is only going to get worse. Yeah. Um. So then we are in the school corridor after class, I assume. And Makoto follows Sekai up the stairs and then asks her, what is going on? What's going on now? And she's, um, she kind of states the obvious. Mm-hmm. Once again, which is, we're not practicing anymore. We're in a relationship. Yeah. Like, you need to tell her. And she tells him that it's not fair towards Kotonoha, yeah. this whole situation. And I think this really explains why, one reason why she's so uncomfortable being mm-hmm. in a relationship with Makoto. Um, she's She doesn't have any personal beef with Kotonoha. Yeah. Sekai. Like, she likes Kotonoha. She likes Kotonoha. She doesn't want to mess her completely up. Yeah. So she feels like this is super unfair. And it is. Yeah. And I think she also really has a problem with Makoto as a person and his approach. Like, the way he keeps uh, clinging to her physically and mm-hmm. whether she wants it or not. So those are reasons why she's so uncomfortable... Being around him all the time, I think. Yeah. Like she's so, uh, generally, why she's upset all the time. Mm. Like, all day. Basically, what Makoto says in response, which I thought was pretty important to my reading of this episode, is he doesn't want Kotonoha to be mad at him. Yeah. She doesn't want to because she'd get mad. Which, again, gets back into this visual novel, I'll keep all my options open so I can still date everyone kind of gameplay plan. Which I think Makoto's going for here. It's also a friendly reminder that Makoto, in fact, has no balls. Yeah, whatsoever. no balls and no empathy. Sky says that she feels guilty mm. and she kind of dashes off. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get what I think is the most uncomfortable scene. <laughs> We're on the roof and all of the, the whole gang is here. You invite all my friends, good thinking. Sakai... I see the whole gang is here. You are the worst, Makoto. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Sakai, Makoto and Kotonoha are there. And Sakai and Makoto are there drinking like um hot gla- lemonade. Gla- uh, drinking a glass of Kotonoha's hot lemonade. Yeah, they're drinking some of Kotonoha's hot juice. This is this never gets this is always oh, keeps being bad. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have a problem with them drinking <laughs> Kotonoha's good yellow soup? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of tension in this scene. I'm trying yeah, to read yeah. my notes. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so there's a lot of tension in this scene, indeed. Um, Kotonoha is looking over at Makoto, super expectant, like and like she really wants to hear that he likes it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sakai is there looking super upset, mm. and Makoto is kind of just pretty empty. Yeah, and when Kotonoha like asks him about stuff mm. or talks to him, even if he doesn't give the best responses, he's still like ah smiley. Uh, it's all cool. I'm all happy. Which, again, brings me this mood of, like, visual novel answers. Like, he's completely out of that relationship at this point, but he still, like, logs in the right answers for her that he looked up in the fucking strategy guide. Yeah, he, like, lowers the drink, and you can see that he's sweating. Mm. And this is either because... It's hot lemonade. Either because (laughs) it's hot lemonade, or, you know, like, there's been a thing before that Kotonoha is bad at cooking. Mm. Maybe it's just bad? I... I think they would probably hint at that more if it yeah. was bad. And maybe she actually feels like he's under pressure right now. Mm. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? 
Um, so we, Kotonoha seems to be extremely worried uh, about whether he likes it or not. She's yeah. like, do you like it? Is it wrong? Is there, uh, I think this is the right amount of sugar in there. Should, should there be more sugar in there or less? Mm. Uh, she's like now super... Um, Apologetic. She says sorry. It's insecure about yeah. their relationship now. And she wants to fix it somehow. Which at this point, like, can we call how Makoto's treating her psychological torture yet? Because it's like he's been ignoring her I assume for the last couple of days, because ever since the ever since the swimming pool thing where they came here, he hasn't been responding to messages at times. When he meets her, he's super distant, and he still gives her positive influences, but he makes her super insecure about everything, which is completely understandable. Like, I've been in relationships like this before where you don't get a lot of feedback and your anxiety fills in the blanks and makes you think like you're doing everything wrong and you have to fix everything immediately. Like this is fucking terrible and he's doing it pretty much deliberately at this point because he could just end it. So the whole Kotonoha trying to reassure him that they're still a couple. Um, Similarly to me, Sakai can't take it anymore. Mm. So Sakai reassures her that I'm sure he's just, I don't know... Um, he's just overwhelmed by the situation. I'm sure yeah. he likes it. And this leads to Kotonoha easing up a slight bit after she gets mm. confirmation from Makoto that he actually likes it. Yeah, he like reassures, uh, yeah, sure, whatever Sekai says. Yeah. <laughs> and then she gives the backstory of the hot lemonade. Yeah, she gets to finish her backstory. Well, the backstory is basically that she gives is that her mom told her that with that le- hot lemonade, she could get every guy and something like that. And they look at her like, because <laughs> at this point it's become like terribly devastating if they break up, break her up at this point. Because she's he's just said he liked the tea, uh, the lemonade, and then she said, oh yeah, that's the lemonade that my mom told me could get me any guy, and look what it did. At this point, it's becoming so hard to break up in the situation that even Sekai doesn't get the have the courage anymore to do it. Yeah, I, I mentioned before the second half of this episode is Makoto of the show. Is Makoto being unable to break up the relationship? Yeah, and unable to own up for any of his problems and any of the problems he caused. Mm. So, we move on to the classroom scene in Makoto's class. We don't, like, deliberately see how the scene ends, if they break up or if they don't break up, but it's pretty Mm. clear, like, from the situation that it's uncomfortable. It is time... For the teacher, yes. once again. And for once, I'm glad because it was relatively easy to find out what he was talking okay, about. Okay, nice. So, um, what the teacher is talking about is um, Shunji, mm. also known as... Um, Isn't that the Art of War guy? I don't know if it's him. Uh, he is a he was an ancient Chinese philosopher. And I, I wrote down something else about him, which is what is mentioned in this scene. So Shunji, also known as Shun Kuang, I think that was his actual name, mm-hmm. was a Chinese philosopher of Confucianism. Uh, he lived in the 3rd century BC. The teacher in the scene just said 3rd century, but I assume this is what he meant because mm-hmm. everything else ends up. Um, so she, the teacher also mentioned, mentions another guy, um, Mencius, who was another Confucian philosopher before him, whose actual name was Mengji. People just call him Men- Mencius as a... Latinification. Ah, okay. The same way people call um, Confucius. Confucius, Confucius. yeah. It was actually Kung Fu Shi, but people call him Confucius. Just something real quick. I looked up who the guy is who wrote The Art of War, and he is called John Chi, but it's written differently, and it's a different guy. Okay, it's a different guy. Okay, so the guy before him, Mengji, uh, believed that humans were by nature good-hearted, like good people, Mm -hmm. um, in that by studying, they could improve themselves more. Like, they could refine themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, the original, I think, Confucius didn't, uh, from what I read, didn't uh, concern himself too much with, like, human nature. Mm-hmm. But it was the guy after him, Mengji, who did. And he was of the belief that humans were good-natured. Like, mm. you know, from the base up. Good from birth. Good from birth. Things that happen in life make you worse. Yeah. So, unlike Mengji, um, Shungji believed that people were by nature uh, bad-hearted. Mm-hmm. So, people were bad by nature. Um, to quote Wikipedia, he witnessed the chaos surrounding the fall of the Zhao dynasty and the rise of the Xin dynasty, mm-hmm. which upheld doctrines focusing on state control by means of law and penalties. 
which I thought was interesting because I remember learning about um, a British philosopher named Thomas Hobbes. That's what I was also thinking yeah. of. Have you ever heard of Thomas Hobbes? Yeah, yeah, I've heard mm. of Thomas Hobbes, of his musings on human nature. Yeah, because he also believed the human natural state to be chaos mm -hmm. and, you know, humans to be chaotic and destructive by birth in that the state and the laws around people exist to keep people in control. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing that I learned about him back in school was that he fought in a war against France and his mm. experiences in war very much uh, ins like inspired him, I think, in a mm -hmm. way to think of people the way he did. And I feel like th there could be a similar uh, background for uh, Shungji. You actually kind of see that throughout history. Like, I've personally not studied history as much. I've studied history through literary history. And you have the same thing happening after World War One with the Lost Generation and everything like that, where you had modernist philosophies based on nothing meaning anything more uh, anymore, nothing having any meaning anymore, they're not being in order to things because of the witnessing of a terrible war. Like, that's something you see throughout philosophy. Some terrible event will darken what people think about humanity yeah. and culture. So, uh, Confucianism was one of a couple of philosophies that were around at the time. Mm. And uh, I think legalism was one and Taoism was another. Taoism is still a thing, I think, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean back then, like yeah. in the ancient times. And apparently Confucianism wasn't, in general, a big uh, fan of penal law. Mm -hmm. The idea that people should be, you know, punished, punished. for the things they do. Yeah. Um, Shung Ji saw this differently. He mm -hmm. believed that people are bad-hearted and that rules exist to keep them in place, mm -hmm. similar to Hobbes, how Hobbes did. And he thought that penal law was justified to a degree. Mm -hmm. uh, this is pretty much all I found out about him. And I think... It shouldn't be too difficult to find um, find parallels in a way mm -hmm. that people are bad-hearted and that the rules that people give them are to keep them in control. So okay, like maybe Makoto, in a way, is a force of bad, force of chaos by nature in the way that Sekai tried to, um, tried to teach him how to treat Kotonoha right was the necessary evil to keep him in place. I think that's an interesting way of looking at it, but at this point we'll also have to consider are Sekai and Kotonoha in this case also forces of chaos by nature that are refined throughout their life? Like, I think that could give us some hints towards the end of the show of the deterioration of the characters throughout the show. Like, we see all of these characters, spoilers, get worse and worse as the show continues. And... I feel that could tap into this ideology, but I think who was the one? I think it was Mengji was the one who was about uh, people Mengji, being good yeah. from the start and refining themselves. Yeah, right. And Junji was the one who was about people being chaotic by nature and laws being there to keep them in control. Yeah, and them setting themselves laws and rules too to keep them in control. I assume. Yeah. So what the teacher says specifically, which is what Sekai is doing in this episode. She's trying to set, like, a law, a rule to keep the situation from getting worse. She did something negative, Makoto did something negative, and she's trying to enact a rule to at least spare Kotonoha further terrors in this situation. Maybe. I think there's various ways you can interpret yeah. that. So what the teacher specifically says is, he just mentions Mengji, mentions uh, no, the other guy, <laughs> mentioned Shunji, mm -hmm. the idea that he, unlike Mengji, believed that, unlike Mencius, believed that people were bad-hearted by nature. And, yeah, like, th this is the kind of phrasing that he uses. So Mengji is mentioned. Mm -hmm. So maybe his idea is also relevant towards mm -hmm. the analysis in a way. Maybe, but I don't see much... I don't see much evidence in the show for it thinking that humanity is inherently good. Yeah, uh, but this is interesting because you mentioned before, like... Is at this point to show self-aware at how horrible the characters mm. are acting, and we literally have the mention of a philosopher who thinks that people are inherently bad. Yeah, like th there's no way that this is a coincidence anymore. I, I, we thought that before, like at different points. Mm. That it's kind of maybe the teacher scenes. The teacher are like scenes. The Oh, like uh, there's some other writer that's making the teacher scenes who's self-aware. Yeah, I have this. I have this image of of the writers' room in my head of them all writing this sort of thing, and they have this one guy 
who they like locked into a closet and he has like uh, a sharpie there and he's scrabbling all over the walls <laughs> to teacher scenes and he's somehow trying to get his message out and they see his writings and they're like what the fuck I mean we paid him we gotta put it in the show somewhere let's just put it in the teacher scenes <laughs> like he's there's this subliminal voice of the show trying to get out trying to tell us no this is terrible no this isn't fun no <laughs> So aside for the teacher, there's also other stuff going on in this scene. Mm. There's, as per the usual, Sakai being upset, Makoto not giving a fuck. Yeah. And then Makoto receives a message on his phone uh, by Kotonoha, who asks him if he wants to go shop with her. Later today. Yeah. Which, like, is kind of a reversal of what we had in early episodes, where Makoto would try to make plans with Kotonoha, like, this day or immediately. And she'd be like, I can today, maybe in a while... Which I see as sort of, sort of her thinking that he's ignoring her now because she was acting wrong back then. And if she acts the way he wanted her to act back then, then everything will be cool again. Even mm-hmm. if it, she's not that comfortable with it. Because like I, I recognize that as someone who has anxiety from relationships. But yeah. He, he answers her on the phone that he can't uh, because his sister's coming over. Yeah. Uh, which I'm gonna go ahead and plot twist for you is a lie. Yeah. It's not true. So, first of all, also, uh, Makoto has a sister. We know this now. Yeah. I didn't look up... He he actually didn't lie about his sister existing. He mentions that a bit later. Okay. So, I didn't look up his sister, what exact size and uh, blood type she has. And if you can date her in a game. Maybe. (laughs) I mean, it is Japan. (laughs) I mean, Makoto doesn't exist in the game, probably. Yeah, I mean, you're Makoto. (laughs) You're Makoto. (laughs) It's the the idea of being Makoto. The idea of being Makoto. The idea of being inside Makoto. (laughs) That bothers me less. Um. (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, he declines that invite, and then pretty soon after, we switch to the next scene. Yeah, we, we still see a one fellow Kotona being upset about this. Yeah. Of course. Then we move on to Gorkamola train station. Uh-huh. By which I mean, <laughs> what's the actual name? Gorkamola my train station. I just <laughs> went Gorkamola on the first time. Yeah, and here basically Makoto tells Sekai, hey, wanna hang, wanna go to your place later on. And then she's, and then Sekai's like, uh, wait. Didn't Kotonoha ask you out? Which makes me question why did she Didn't you tell that? Kotonoha that you your sister's coming over? Yeah. Which I assume she like looked over his shoulder that, while he yeah. was typing the message. I didn't wonder until now why she knows this <laughs> at all. <laughs> I wondered while I was watching it. But here's here's what I think is important about this response from Makoto. Yeah, it's he, not that he tells her that he lied. It's the way she does. Yeah, he, he, does. he, he says like, oh yeah, I lied about that. Like he lied... He, he says he lied with zero inhibition. Like, he literally doesn't care at all. It's so fucking weird. So, uh, he says that he didn't completely lie. Uh, because he does have a sister who sometimes visits, but she lives with his dad instead. Mm. This is where I know from that he has a dad. Okay, so okay, okay. So, it's dad. this episode. All right. Yes, there it is. The most important information in this episode. <laughs> So Sakai is, looks, seems very disappointed with him. Yeah, she calls him I'm out very on this. With him. Yeah. And he says then, oh, he'll tell Kotonoha eventually. And that this is just a bad time. Yeah. And he agrees? Yeah. I mean, I think the this is a bad time is more in reference to what happened on the roof, which really was a bad time in a yeah. way. But, I mean, I think... I think you weird. just gotta get the band-aid off. This has to do it because yeah. it's, it's only gonna get worse. It's literally Makoto. only gonna get worse. It's literally it's gonna get as it's bad as It's gonna get so much worse. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then he just says that everything is fine and hugs her super tightly again. Which is the breast cancer scene again. Here cancer. we have it for the third this time. breast cancer scene. Yeah, breast cancer... Uh, I call it breast cancer 2. Electric, Electric boogaloo. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say <laughs> I wasn't gonna until you looked at me like that. Uh, Sakai just kind of seems like she gives up. Yeah, at this point. Him, like in this scene. Uh, and As then, she does at the end of all of these scenes. All of these breast cancer scenes. But yeah. Uh, then we we move on to what I think is a tailor shop, mm-hmm. like a shop where you can buy cloths and yarns and stuff, and cotton. Yeah, or there. like a crafts shop. And I didn't really think about this until just uh, like a few minutes ago. But um, 
she did ask him out if he wanted to go shop with her. Yeah. If maybe this is just what she meant. She wanted to oh, go yeah. buying yarn with him. Like maybe have him pick it out or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Like what colors he likes. So instead, uh, she's there buying yarn for whatever clothes she wants to make for him, I assume. Mm-hmm. Um, and she seems pretty happy about this. Yeah. Uh, this is relevant in this case because it's about to get worse. Yeah. Yeah, we then... For the last scene of this episode, this half of the episode... We move on to Motihata Sakashita Station. Mm-hmm. I think we've been there before. Uh, yeah, I remember that name. Mm-hmm. Sakai and Makoto are walking around there. They're coming out of the train. Uh, she basically grabs her hand. It looks it, it looks uncomfortable. Yeah, it looks weird. Also, like, the proportions seem off on their hands. But, yeah, that's something yeah, in general, else. This show is bad. <laughs> this show has a low animation budget. <laughs> I, I know... Okay, I didn't want to say anything negative about that. This show... Uh, at all. You didn't want to say anything negative about the show. Yeah, but I feel the animation could be improved a little bit I in think, some places. I think that is true, actually. And there could maybe be better color balance, too, while we're at it. The mm. colors are very flat. So immediately after that, the train that Kotonoha is in stops there. and It doesn't stop there. It drives by. Yeah, and I assume... I assume the two were kissing on the train station they would because they didn't think that Kotonoha would happen to come by. Yeah, and also, like, I've been on trains. I probably don't notice what happens on the train station. Yeah, I don't have this kind of e- eagle vision that I yeah. see exactly what's this happening on the time train. slows down vision. This uh, <laughs> pressing the Q button for your dead shot ability <laughs> to spot your boyfriend and one of your best friends making out. Which is exactly what she spots. Yeah. Makoto and Sekai are kissing. He, yes. She only sees Makoto from the back and sees Sekai from the front, but like slightly covered by Makoto. And Kotonoha looks super shocked first and then kind of falls into a catatonic state for a while. Yeah, for a second. Um, And then she's like, I don't... I like It, 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 it couldn't have been. It, it wasn't them, right? Uh, as Gordon Ramsay would say, you're in denial. Yes. You're fucking delusional. But also... <laughs> I absolutely would have thought the same thing in this situation. Because, like, Kotonoha has spent these past couple days sort of catastrophizing about her relationship with Makoto and, like, thinking, oh, what am I doing wrong? Can I do this better? Can I do that better? And at this point, she probably thinks to herself, she's thinking everything in the worst possible way. Mm. And then she sees these two people making out who kind of look like Makoto and Seikai, but it could be basically anyone. Maybe you're and she just... doesn't want to go crazy about it. Maybe you're just in denial. Maybe I am. Like, I've been Maybe in this you're situation. In I feel very much for Kotonoha in this. Because I've been in this situation. Like, I haven't been cheated on, as far as I know. But I have been in the situation where I was assuming the worst, even if it didn't happen. And I know what she's going through here. And that makes it so fucking hard to watch. And that makes Makoto so fucking hateable to me. But yeah, she convinces herself, basically, she, that she was mistaken. And yeah. And then in the last shot, we see her essentially fail to flip a page in her knitting magazine. Yeah, like she's clearly off. She's completely out of it at yeah. this point. And that's where this half of the episode ends. No, we don't get end credits. We get... And then we have tiny chibi girls with giant cell phones. Because the show is happy and adorable. Thanks thanks for being around. This is it, the end. The worst... The worst scene that reminded me that this that this sort of mood applies to is later on when we get to the school festival because there's a scene where I like deliberately got a, a fucking got a pain in my gut from the the whiplash from getting punched this hard in the stomach from how the mood of the show was changing but yeah we we get the feeling here uh things are getting worse Yes, it's, we're only going downhill from here. We're only going downhill from here. Um, well, but we are almost halfway through the show. Yeah, I mean, it only hey. took, like, what, half a year? Uh, <laughs> more than more, half a year. More, more. <laughs> uh, we've been running this ship for... Maybe if we get another episode out this month, we probably won't. But mm. then we would have a pretty good track record of time, I think. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's just uh, hope for the best. For the near future. Uh, this episode didn't have the most satisfying of endings. But it brought back some mm. themes we've been looking at before. And this is the part of the show where we sort of have our own journey that you can watch. Where we don't remember everything that's happening. Because it hasn't been like as memorable. And I think 
as I mentioned before, this half kind of shows why this part hasn't been memorable as much. Because it's just repetition. Like, everything that we had in this episode, for the most part, was the same plot point, just hit three times. There was the, he was, they're making out, and uh, she doesn't want to, and he convinces her to anyways. We have Kotonoha doubting herself about the two of them. We have Kotonoha doubting herself and the two of them uh, engaging with that. It This whole episode could have been done, uh, this whole half of an episode could have been done in like easily half the time, probably less. And I think this is something that we're going to continue seeing throughout the next few episodes, kind of padding. But we're going to find the diamonds in the rough, the jewels the in the pig stew. Holes, trying to reach my golden yes. speech unimpeachable. No Hamilton, not now. <laughs> no Hamilton. <laughs> no, ha- Hamilton doesn't deserve this. Um, I thought we already figured out that Hamilton is actually School Days remake. I'm pretty sure we we did figure that out at one point. I vaguely remember that. <laughs> Something with the Skylar sisters. Oh yeah, I remember. I I mentioned Satisfied and Sikai. Exactly. Yeah. Basically the same thing. Basically the same thing. Um. So enjoy Hamilton on Disney Plus. Uh, this is a sponsored episode. Yes. Um, We've gotten money from Disney. They asked us not to say fuck and also not to talk about school days anymore, but uh, we sadly had to give up on that sponsorship (laughs) because that's all we have. This would have been a strange episode. (laughs) This would have been a really strange episode, but uh, still, you know, don't want to lose the good graces with the big mouse. Uh, Watch Hamilton on Disney+. Plus. It's a very good musical. This episode was brought to you by Rage Shadow Legends. This episode was brought to you by Rage Shadow Legends. Absolutely don't download it. Uh, I hear it's very boring. (laughs) Uh, goodbye. <laughs> Have a nice day. Maybe we'll get an actual sponsor at some point, but now I doubt it. <laughs> Until then, bye-bye. Bye. bye. bye.